<laughs> Welcome to the Face First Golf Podcast. Real talk about improving your game if you're a 12 plus handicap player. This is where we leave the delusions of the online golf marketing world behind and face the truth about what it takes to play your best. I'm your host, Craig Jones. I've been a golf coach for 25 years and have helped 20,000 players improve their game through online learning. And I've learned a few things along the way. And now I'm sharing those things so you can stop wasting time and fix what matters. Welcome to reality. The vast majority of players have never gone through the process of fixing their over-the-top swing and learning the forearm rollover release. You've got to understand the process before you begin, and by the end of today's podcast, you will understand that process. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast where we don't sugarcoat it. We tell you the truth about improving your game. You deserve the truth. You can handle the truth, and that's what you get here. So listen, I know that there are a lot of great coaches out there, and I don't believe there's anything special about me, but I am absolutely certain that I am uniquely qualified to help 12 plus handicap players solve the big problems because I have done it for myself. And you will not, I know this from experience, I've been around a lot of coaches and you won't find many out there who used to be a 15 handicap, but that was me. And Here's a little backstory that you need that will lead right into understanding the process of making a swing change. So I've talked a little bit about, I was a bus driver in Colorado at Keystone Ski Resort, need a place to work in the summer, start working at the golf course, mowing greens and all that stuff. And so then I got obsessed with golf and decided I wanted to get that club pro job. So I went to, I moved to Arizona when I was in my 20s, I was 26, 27, something like that. So when I arrived at what used to be called the San Diego Golf Academy, this is in Chandler, Arizona in 1997, 98, something like that. I was a 15 handicap at the time. And I've talked before about how I found this old school golf coach. His name was Ed Ekus. And he was actually one of the teachers at that golf school that I went to. And this is basically a two-year, what's it called, like an an associate degree program. So you're basically going to golf school to learn how to be a club pro. But one of the big things here, and I've talked about this a little bit, is that you had to, to get enrolled in the PGA program, you have to pass your playing ability test, the PAT. And this is basically... I talked about it in another episode. It's basically you have to shoot two rounds in one day where your total score is 15 or less over the course rating for two rounds in a day. So let's say the course rating's 68, something like that. 68, 68, that's 136 total. Add 15 to it. The target score for two rounds in one day would be 151. So that just gives you an idea of what this thing was. So I needed to pass it and I decided to stick with one coach, Ed, for my entire two years there and take a ton of lessons from him. And I improved dramatically, went from like a 15 to a six handicap. But the real lessons that I learned from him were all of the old school methods of teaching that I learned just from taking 
lessons from him. So it was really just a two-year crash course of really learning how to teach golf from somebody who I consider, I don't know what accolades he had, but everyone at the Golf Academy knew him as the guy who really knew his stuff and just a phenomenal teacher. So, but that's not what this episode is about. What I'm talking about today is really the process of improvement, but you need to understand that little backstory before we really get into, I'll tie this all together. So because I went through that whole process, I learned so much about the process of going through a swing change, and that's what I really want you to get from this episode here today. I think that's so important, but it is missed in so many lesson programs. They just don't talk about the process of making a swing change. And if you don't know the process, you're going to get derailed over and over and over because things are going to come up that are actually 100% predictable. They're, they're expected, okay? But because you don't understand the process, you don't know that they're expected. So you think there's something wrong with you or you think that maybe you just don't get it or something like that. When in fact, what you are going through in throughout the course of that swing change, what you're going through is 100% normal and you should be celebrating it because it's just another milestone of where you are in the process of improvement. So here are the stages of making a swing change. You've got the first stage is called unconscious incompetence. The second one's conscious incompetence. The third one is conscious competence. And the fourth one is unconscious competence. And it's really important to understand this. So unconscious incompetence is the first stage. And this is when you can't make a decent swing and you don't even have any idea what a decent swing is, right? You are unconsciously incompetent. So you just don't know anything when you first start playing or when you first start trying to hit the golf ball a little bit better. It's like, wait, how does this even work? Hitting this little ball with this little stick thing with this little thing on the end. So that's unconscious incompetence, no knowledge, just unconscious and no skills, no competence, right? So nobody stays there for long. So nowadays you go to the internet and you search for how to fix my swing and you start to develop some really some rudimentary kind of understanding of the golf swing and what some of the problems might be. You might get a real basic understanding of the really common problems like over the top or early extension, things like this. So at this point, you start to develop a bit of what's called conscious incompetence. Now you're starting to understand a couple of things, maybe if even if it's just, just barely understanding them, but you're starting to understand a couple of things, right? So, but you still have incompetence. You have no idea how to actually do any of the things that you're learning about. So that's kind of where I was when I started lessons with Ed. I had never really taken any lessons. I took a couple lessons on the grip when I was working at the Keystone Ranch golf course. But at the time, the internet wasn't a thing. So it was golf magazines and I was getting them, you know, just reading all the tips and all that stuff and starting to just get some super basic knowledge some, you know, super cursory knowledge. And I was at that stage where, 
that truly that stage where a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing, right? And that's where a lot of players are. So this consciously incompetent stage is where you can get stuck for a long time because it does require something to come out of it. And that something is usually either really dedicating yourself to, I guess, real self-study, which is a very difficult way to go about it. More often, it, to get out of that stage, it really does require coaching. So, And it's really hard to even know if you're out of consciously in competent. And again, that is where you're starting to have a little bit of understanding, but you still can't do anything that you're starting to have a little bit of understanding about. And something generally has to prompt you to get out of conscious incompetence, and then you move into conscious competence and this is where conscious competence is that place where now you have probably had some coaching and now you understand your problems with your swing a little bit and you're starting to actually understand how to make changes. But you really have to be conscious of it. That's why it's called conscious competence, right? You These, these changes aren't automatic. They aren't on autopilot. They don't happen when you're not thinking about them. This is where you really have to focus on the thing, whatever the thing is to get it to happen. And as soon as you stop focusing on it, it doesn't happen. And this is a place you can be for a long time because it is really challenging to, you know, there's a huge difference between knowing what you're trying to do, actually being able to do it while you are thinking about it compared to having it show up in your full swing at full speed on the golf course when you're full on in play mode thinking. That's called unconscious competence. That's where now you don't have to be conscious of it at all it happens when you're not even thinking about it. I always call this, this is when you own your swing change, okay? I always talk about with the members, I always talk about renting a swing change versus owning a swing change. So that conscious competence is kind of renting that swing change. You can do it when you're thinking about it. That unconscious competence that's the real, that's the holy grail there, right? That's where we want to get to. That's where when you talk to that great player who just shot 66 and you ask him what he's thinking about, he's going, nothing. I was thinking about nothing except I can see the ball flying towards my target. I can see those putts dropping. He's not out there thinking about his golf swing. He's not you know, in some consciously competent or between consciously competent and unconsciously competent. He's beyond consciously competent. He's next level consciously competent where he's beyond it. He's actually in the flow, which is another level beyond unconsciously competent. So those are the four stages that everybody has to go through with these swing changes. And that's why it can take a little bit of time. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, because I had a few experiences that I think might 
really give you a good idea of what to expect if you are the kind of player who's either a member right now that's going through swing changes, if you're a member of something else or taking some lessons and going through swing changes. This is just a really good story to hear or even if you're just thinking about embarking on the journey of making some changes and want to know what it entails. If your handicap's over 12 and you're ready to get real about improving your game, it does not take body wrecking marathon ball beating sessions, but it does take committing to five minute daily practice sessions at home. To learn more about my new 44 day plan to fix your over the top swing and learn the effortless power release, come by and see us at facefirstgolf.com. This is when I was at that golf school that I was talking about. This happened to me over and over where Ed would teach me something and I would go, at the time, I was just pounding balls on the driving range. I mean, sometimes for four, five, six hours a day. I always, now I rail against those marathon ball beating sessions. I used to be a marathon ball beating session range rat type. And so now, of course, I realize that there was a much, much easier way that I could have made those changes. But at the time, I didn't have that knowledge. So I was just going with what I thought was the right thing to do, which is just work really, really hard and for long hours. And I could have got through those swing changes a lot faster. But so let's just take the the most common example, which I had to learn. You'll have to learn this at some point if you really want to make the big leaps with your game. And that was that when I was a 15 handicap, I was an over-the-top swinger with a chicken wing lack of release. I had to learn how to swing from the inside and release the club. So I would go to the driver. Ed would show me how to do it. He would teach me the feelings. And this is one of those things when I learned this old school from Ed, we didn't use video really at all. Maybe a couple of times. Video was just kind of beginning to be a thing back then. But we really didn't use video at all in our lesson. So, and I think this is one of the one of the real, I guess, uh, blessings. One of the things that I'm so grateful for in my golf coaching career is that I got to learn old school from Ed with just completely the old way of teaching golf with basically talking to players about what it feels like. And But then I went to Golf Tech after, after getting through all this and coming out on the other side with a completely different game, passing my PAT and all that stuff. I went to work at Golf Tech and then I got thrown into, ended up teaching 10,000 lessons with video where the exact opposite of the old school kind of approach. But I always blended the two in my lessons because I always remember so many of the feelings that Ed would give me that feeling, the feeling of the, the downswing being on a sidearm pitcher underhand throwing motion. The, the feeling of that it feels like really swinging that club out to the right of your target even though you're not as you're swinging through impact. Some of these feelings are things that can really help players as opposed to showing them on video. Anyway, so, but I want to talk to you about what some experiences that I remember very specifically, because these are things that you will experience and that you will find when you are taking your own swing changes 
from something that you're working on, hitting balls into a net or hitting balls on the driving range and going out onto the golf course. So Ed would teach me how to swing from the inside and release the club. In the lesson, he'd get me really exaggerating. What felt like an exaggeration? You always have to exaggerate it at first. Felt like a big exaggeration. I'm slinging that club from the inside. I'm whipping the toe of the club past the heel of the club under his guidance. He's telling me what it feels like, repeating those swing thoughts to me every swing. And I'm just really starting to get this feeling down. And then at this golf school, one of the things that we had was we had Monday tournaments. So every Monday we would play a tournament. So we, and we, it was really cool that you got an opportunity to just kind of put your game to the test and all the things that you're learning, things that you're improving at, all that stuff. And so I went through this several times with, with different swing changes, but I remember this one in particular. I was learning to swing from the inside on the downswing and release the club and tournament Monday would come along and I would go out and for you know, maybe the first three, four holes, I'm just swinging it from the inside, hitting this nice little draw. And and then all of a sudden I make a, a swing that's my old swing, come back over the top. And then I just couldn't get it back for that entire round. So then it would be go back, hit balls, hit balls, hit balls, get that feeling back, ingrain it, ingrain it more and more. Then I would go out and maybe the next time I would, it would last for nine holes. And then it would fall apart. And then I would limp in on the back nine, not being able to swing from the inside on the downswing. And I remember this one time at this golf course, it was called, it's called Dinosaur out in far, far east of Mesa in Phoenix. And I'm trying to remember the exact name, but the Dinosaur course is one of these two course complexes way out there. And anyway, I remember I'm standing there in the fairway, I have a nine iron in my hands. There's a hole where the lake is to the right of the hole. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, okay, I know that when it feels like I'm swinging from in to out, it feels like I'm swinging to the right. And that means that it feels like I'm swinging towards that lake that's over to the right. But you're not actually swinging towards the lake. It just feels like that because you're so used to coming over the top swinging to the left, you have to feel like you're swinging to the right a little bit in your downswing with your path to actually be swinging towards your target. So just go ahead and feel okay with swinging from the inside and swinging to the right, what feels to the right, because it's not really. And of course, I go to set up and hit the shot and I just come way over the top of it. And because I'm now starting to get the release down, I square up the club face and I hit it so far left of the green, it was ridiculous. So that is something just, that's the mental battle of making the swing change and taking it to the course is that you have those experiences. The other mental battle of taking a swing change to the course is that you are still renting that swing change, right? So you don't own it yet. And you know you don't own it because it lasts for three holes and then it, you lose it. And then it lasts for nine holes and then you lose it. And then it lasts for 15 holes, but then you lose it. And then maybe it, it lasts for a couple of rounds, but as soon as you get under a little stress, like you have a, a water to the right and you know you've got to swing over that way or what feels like over that way, but then you come way over the top of it. So those are the kinds of things that you can expect as you are going through the levels of that. And so there are those times when you might feel like it has all fallen apart 
and you're going, oh, wait, I've been working so hard on this. I can do it during my practice. Now I get out here on the course and maybe it lasts for a little bit, but then it falls apart. Is this working, right? And I'm here to tell you it is working. You are at that conscious competence stage where you are able to get it down while making swings, hitting balls, maybe into a net. Maybe you've got it all the way to where it's showing up very regularly on the driving range. And you just don't have that unconscious competence where it's a swing change that you own and can take to the course and can count on to be there. But you're well on your way at that point, especially if you're starting to get it to show up sometimes on the golf course. That's a huge, huge step of its own and something that you should really be proud of. So that is really what I wanted to take you through today. Unconscious incompetence is when you don't have any idea what you're even doing. Conscious incompetence is when you understand the problem, but you don't have any competence on how to actually make the changes. Conscious competence is when you understand the problem, you are now able to make the change that you're trying to make, but only when you're really focused on it. Unconscious competence is that final stage of taking that swing change from something you rent to something you own and having it show up on the golf course when you're not even thinking about it. Those are the stages of every swing change. And I thought it might be helpful for those of you at different stages in this journey to just kind of understand that this is what we can all expect. And if you're struggling to get from one level to the next, there's nothing wrong with you, okay? This should be 100% expected. It just means you're where you should be. You're always where you should be on this journey to improving. And don't feel like, you know, you're, you're way off base. There does come a point where, and I'll talk about this in another episode. I was just thinking about this would be such a great episode. There does come a point when it's just not working, right? And you kind of have to reassess. And maybe I'll make that the next episode, but that's a really good topic. When do you know, how do you know when you're just kind of in the normal, natural, uh, between levels or moving from one level to the other, as opposed to it's just not working. And I've got some real specific ways on how you can know that because as much as I want to help 100% of players, as much as 100% of players want to play better golf, you know, there are, every once in a while, there's a comes a time when it just really isn't working. And, and, and it's sad and it always uh, makes me feel... Like I let somebody down because I feel like as a coach, it's my job to help everybody. And when I can't, I tell you, it, it, I'm, I'm not joking at all. Just yesterday morning, I literally journaled for a full page. I've, I, I talked about journaling a lot and all the members know that I talk about journaling a lot. I'm hot and cold with it, but I've been hot lately and I'm on a big, long journaling streak here right now. So I've been just writing up a storm every morning. And there was somebody who I'm really struggling to help right now who had sent in his swing. And 
I just wrote out a whole page. Maybe I'll read that page and what I was talking about in the next episode uh, when, or what I was thinking about and writing about, I should say, in the next episode when I cover that where it's just like, when is it just not working and maybe it's time to move on, find another approach, something like that. Because And it's just a, it's a sad, unfortunate thing. And I, I, I hate that there are those situations, but they exist, right? And it happens. And uh, so that is today's episode. So remember, take this advice from me, please. <laughs> when it comes to improving your game, you've got to fall in love with the process. And we're talking a lot about process right here today, right? You have to expect ups and downs. We just talked about why there are ups and downs. Which level are you transcending from one to the other? And you're going to have ups and downs as you do this. And have patience with yourself because this stuff is not easy. It's some of the most rewarding stuff that will ever happen to you in your life. I mean, I can say that. I, I really believe that. Improving your golf game and making permanent improvements that last going to a single-digit handicap and having it really last, knowing that you went through those levels, you went through the work, and you know that you've come out the other side, truly a better player that owns a swing change. There's nothing like that feeling. So have that patience with yourself and just remember, too, that it's just those little things that you do today that make the you of the future. So do those little things. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you're ready to hit it longer with less effort, it does not take body wrecking marathon ball beating sessions. All it takes is committing to five minute daily practice sessions at home. To learn about my new 44 day plan to unlock the effortless power that's inside of you by learning to swing from the inside and release the club, come see us at facefirstgolf.com.